0: Hi there, I'm Jolynn McCarthy, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Each week, Two Question Tuesday answers randomly picked questions submitted by our clients. Answering this week's questions, we have with us Bill D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth Management, and Mike pisani Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen.
1: Good morning, Jillian. Good morning,
0: Jolyn. OK, Phil, our first question is from Todd in New York. Can you shed some light on the price of lumber and what this means for the housing market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, lumber uh, has really been on a tear. Uh, Your The contracts, uh, futures contracts that represent two by fours, uh, which are you know the most common uh, wood use in house framing, et cetera. Uh, hit about uh, $1,260 for every 1,000 board feet, which is up 50% alone in just a month. Uh, And it's three times uh, what it went for last year at this time. Uh, So when you're looking at lumber prices, uh, you know, when the pandemic started, a lot of the sawmills uh, just shut down, Uh, not thinking, uh, as did no one, uh, that, you know, staying at home uh, would really uh, create a a a do-it-at-home, do-it-yourself, Uh, Building boom uh, to where you know at at certain hardware stores, Lowe's and Home Depot, there wasn't even lumber uh, on the shelves. Uh, Once the mills reopened, uh, there's been a huge backlog. If you look at new housing starts in the U.S., you know that it's been at 12-year lows. So you had the 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 stay-at-home remodel, doing work at home uh, in their spare time, and then uh, you had housing starts increase. Uh, so, this boom in housing uh, started once again, and, and that's really sucked up most of the supply. Now, in terms of, of the lumber uh, that's in existence, especially in the US, you know, interestingly, in the early 80s, um, the US government subsidized a growing uh, timber. Um, so, a lot of uh, timber was started, and those trees take, you know, 30 to 40 years to harvest, and, and which they're doing now. So, actually, prices on the wholesale level, the producer, uh, has not, unfortunately, really benefited from these higher prices. Uh, it's really, uh, you know, been a, a um, you know, an overall uh, demand issue uh, of, of milled lumber. So uh, these input prices to commodities uh, have gone up uh, quite substantially. Um, you know, it's tough to say what we know from, uh, you know, the economy. I would say of the past two decades. Uh, is really a, a bubble story, right? Where you get these these bubbles that move through uh, all types of asset classes and all types of things. And we saw it in housing once before. Uh, I would think that you know these lumber prices eventually, uh, as as supply gets to market, uh, definitely come down. And uh, I, I don't think they'll stay up at these levels, uh, you know, in perpetuity. And I do think that it's a little bit of a bubble that's formed uh, in, in those prices. So. If you're waiting on remodeling, waiting to, to, to frame a house, uh, probably be a better time down the road than it is today. Uh, but it's been a huge move, in, not just in, in real lumber, too, but in, in you know, in, in um, treks, uh stuff like that. That stuff also, uh, and manufactured lumber, uh, has also had the same type of uh, shock uh, to price, so I, I would expect that to abate, uh, as does the Federal Reserve, and they basically said that you know prices should back off in that realm. So uh, it's an interesting story. Unfortunately, the the timber growers of the country uh, haven't benefited. Uh, it is more of a supply shock issue, and as time goes on, uh, things will get better.
2: It's I int- I think we should coin a new phrase: micro bubble. <laughs> That's almost <laughs> what it seems like. It's.
1: Yeah. I was really, thinking about this weekend. I mean, think about the bubbles and you know, all these little things. And I, I think it's because, you know, obviously a lot of money's out there, right. Um, chasing too few goods, uh, you know, and, and, and you create these, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a good phrase. You create these classic little micro bubbles.
2: Yeah. And I think it's really more, more than anything else, uh, an issue with the supply chain and then a supply demand imbalance. Um, yeah. And it's really interesting what you mentioned before the lack of homes for sale um there are more realtors in the United States than there are homes for sale, so
1: is that true that's wow wow yeah
2: there's it's it's incredible so if you actually look at that dynamic and I've mentioned this we've mentioned this in the past in the aftermath of the financial crisis, there were about five million residential homes that weren't built um Based off of a normal trajectory on uh, just regular population growth, and that was basically because there was no demand for housing and no one could get financing. Fast forward to now, and all of a sudden it's like all this pent up demand appears out of nowhere in the post COVID world. And you would think that home builders would be a little bit more aggressive bringing things online, and they just haven't. And if you actually look at the most recent home builder sentiment readings, they're down a lot. And it's largely because I think the price of lumber and all the input costs of building a house have gone up so much. And it's like one of these things sooner or later, the supply demand imbalance shifts to the other side where it's not as cost effective to build a house and the price has gone up so much. So, you know, I heard
1: I heard this weekend that uh, an uh, average single family home costs fifty thousand dollars more right now to build largely because of framing to frame out Uh, that that's a huge cost increase.
2: Yeah. So despite the fact that there's a lot of demand, sooner or later, people are just going to be unwilling to pay the price for something like that. And then you'll see prices correct down. Yeah. Good point, Mike.
0: Okay. Next question, Mike, is from Joe in New York. What is happening with gold? Isn't gold a hedge against inflation?
2: So this is actually really interesting because I feel like last summer, A lot of the questions that we were getting on this particular forum were about gold and whether people should invest in it when it was right around $2,000 an ounce. And it's since basically corrected about 20% from its all-time highs. And almost every other asset class has been going up. Um, It's really interesting because you talk about the previous question that we got with lumber going up so much, that's inflationary. And if you look at the prices of a lot of other agricultural commodities and even copper and some industrial metals, they've gone up quite a bit. And meanwhile, gold really hasn't done anything. It's actually down uh, pretty substantially. And suddenly we're not getting any questions about it anymore, which is odd. Um, Long term, gold is not a hedge against inflation. It really isn't. Gold acts more like a currency than anything else. And when you have a situation where real interest rates are rising, as they have been over the course of the last year, with the 10-year Treasury going from about 70 basis points, got up to about a little above 1.7%. Has since corrected back down to 1.55%. Gold doesn't like that because gold is a metal that does not pay any rate of interest or dividends. So, as real interest rates rise, gold generally gets sold if you actually look on a historical precedent and standard. At some point, if real interest rates peak, and inflation is accelerating, and the dollar's staying weak. Then gold can probably go up again. But it's really more of a narrative that is built by the media that gold is a hedge against inflation, because it really isn't. If if gold was going to go up because of inflation, it should be skyrocketing right now. Yeah, but yeah. it's just not.
1: I wonder too how much of that, you know, demand uh, went into Bitcoin, uh, and in cryptocurrencies because of the narrative that's being developed on that side. Not that I'm a believer, you know, of of, of a, a shift in asset allocation like that, but you would imagine that certainly some of it did.
2: Yeah, you're. I would say you're 100% right. Traditional assets that would have been flowing into gold have absolutely been going into crypto and other alternatives.
0: Okay. All right. Well, thank you both for answering this week's two questions. If you have a question you'd like to submit, email us at McCarthy at Stay safe, and we will see you next week.